Coming up, we have two bombshells involving Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Burisma, China. Here's the, is this the October surprise that we have been waiting for? And Twitter, Twitter blocked these stories, wouldn't allow people to link or retweet these stories. We're talking about a story in the New York Post. This is not some like radical fringe conspiracy theory here. We'll get to that coming up. All right, Amy Coney Barrett. It looks like she's a shoe in a slam dunk, as they say, to be confirmed. The Democrats have nothing. And you know why this is so huge, so important? It's important, obviously, to have a majority of conservatives on the Supreme Court for years to come. But in the short term, the Supreme Court may end up very likely that the Supreme Court will end up deciding who the next president is because there are so many controversial controversial things happening, especially when it comes to mail-in ballots. So many instances already of election fraud or at least very suspicious activity by Democrats happening in, in swing states and blue states, etc. So th- th- this This could come down to a lawsuit. I mean, I would think it's extremely likely that there will be at least one, maybe many lawsuits about who the next president should be, about election fraud in many states that could be be the difference makers. So this could end up being brought to the Supreme Court. And obviously, if it were an eight-person court, and if it were a four-to-four, and you ended up with a four-to-four tie, or worse, if Roberts sided with the liberals, that would be bad. But if it was a four-to-four tie, that would be an absolute nightmare, a constitutional crisis to have a deadline lock of a Supreme Court. There's a reason they have the Supreme Court having an odd number of justices in the first place. So the fact that you're going to have Barrett, or in all likelihood, as the ninth justice on the Supreme Court, and you will actually potentially have a conservative majority ruling, and they're going to they're gonna pressure her to recuse because she was appointed by Trump. I guess they should pressure all three, Gorsuch and, and uh, Kavanaugh as well. Anyway, so that's why this is such a big deal. I listened to some of the testimony, some of the hearing, and, you know, the Democrats are so vicious. I heard uh, Blumenthal from Connecticut, Senator Blumenthal, Uh, grilling Amy Coney Barrett. And this is the tactic that they use very often when they have no dirt, nothing to smear them with like they did with Kavanaugh. So then they, they try to like get them to look like they're hiding something. And it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's ridiculous. It's egregious. And as any nominee that I've ever heard, you know, they keep their cool. You know, they don't snap at these senators. No matter how viciously they're treated, they act in a respectful, courteous way. So you give them credit for that here. But it's it's disgraceful what these Democrats do. Blumenthal saying to her, well, how do you feel about the Obama case? He's asking her about different cases, different precedents. And she keeps saying what she always says. You know, I cannot discuss any specific, and it's what they all say, not just her, and what's what they're supposed to say, which is I cannot discuss any specific case because that case could be brought before me. It could be brought before me in the court I'm sitting in now. It could be brought, brought before me as a Supreme Court justice if I'm confirmed. And I can't tell you my opinion now because that would ruin the whole process. I need to hear the arguments before I make a decision. That's always what they say. They, and, and the Democrats always say, well, it's troubling. It's disturbing that you don't want to tell us how you feel because that would imply that you know you already have, have made up your mind and you don't want to share. You don't want to disclose and reveal your personal opinion because you think it'll damage and they say no actually I don't have an opinion yet because I haven't heard the case yet and even if I did have thoughts about it you know I wouldn't share them publicly because that would be completely unethical and it well but why won't you reveal it because that I can't reveal it that's not what but the fact that you won't reveal it what are you trying to hide? No, I'm not hiding anything. Quite the opposite. And then Blumenthal says to her, and they always, she kept her cool. 
she didn't respond. I mean, not most, at least I shouldn't say most people, but I'm sure some of us, you know, sitting there and just being grilled and attacked in, in a very, very, you know, shady way, in, in, in a way that's very, very demeaning, you know, where they really try to d- destroy the character of the nominee, right? Which, I mean, this is a, a sitting judge, by the way, a federal judge, and you just sit there keeping your cool and never ever responding in a way you know that's all at all disrespectful. It's not easy to do. But Blumenthal says to her, you know, do you how do you feel about climate change? What's the cause of climate change? And she says, I don't know the cause of climate change. I'm not a I'm not a scientist. And Blumenthal basically says, but don't you need to know how you're going to rule on a climate change case? Something along those lines. And Barrett says. I don't need to know the cause of climate change to rule on the case. I don't need to be a scientist. That's what the experts are for. I just need to hear the arguments. That That's not the judge's job is to go and research the science. The Blumenthal says to her, well, do you agree with President Trump's views on, on man-made climate change or the fact that climate change is not man-made? And she says, well, I don't know. I, to be honest, I've never really heard President Trump discussing that issue. And it's like they just ask the most ridiculous questions. Anyway, it does look like she's going to be... Uh, confirmed. And and furthermore, the Democrats, they didn't even have anything. I mean, they had literally zero, which is why all they could focus on was the nonsense. And of course, about Obamacare and trying to make it seem like she's an enemy to people with pre-existing conditions. We'll keep you updated on all of that. You know, the panic button on these car keys, I'm digressing here. I'm in my parking, I'm in a parking lot the other day. And my car, the horn started blaring and the lights started going back and forth. And I actually thought I hit this has happened to me a few times in my life where I've hit the panic button, and when you hit the panic button, here's what happens. It's kind of like those car alarms, like, the, you know, the burglar alarm, where if somebody tries to steal a car, the car alarm goes off. And how many of us, we have heard these car alarms go off outside, and it's like, yawn, all right, well, we know probably nobody is stealing the car, so let's just ignore it. So what's the point of the burglar alarm on the car if nobody responds to it? I, I have no idea. It's pretty pointless, I guess you'd say. Maybe it depends on the location. Maybe there are some areas where it's it, it, it's rare to hear that sound. But anyone I've ever seen, oh, well, a car alarm's going off. Well, d- should we let the cops know? Should we call the... Nah, don't worry about it. It's just a car alarm. Well, what's the point of the car alarm? Anyway, so the panic button is a similar thing where I guess the point of the panic button is if somebody's in a parking lot late at night, dark in a garage or somewhere, in a desolate spot, and they get attacked or something happens that uh, they need they need help so they'll press the panic button and that'll make the car's horn start blaring and then supposedly people are supposed to come and help out well i've never seen that happen i've hit the panic button more than once by mistake i would point out and uh all it does is it just it's just embarrassing i mean it's just you you just feel so silly if you've done it by mistake then it's just like, oh, boy, you're kidding me. And everybody starts looking at you. And then you, I'm fumbling around. It turns out it wasn't the panic button. I thought it was. So I pressed the panic button and nothing happened to shut it. And then it turns out that it's a special feature on my car where if you're sitting in the car and the engine is off for too long, then the car automatically, I guess, sets the security alarm. And then when you try to get out of the car, it thinks you're stealing the car. It doesn't know that I, it thought I'm outside of the car coming in. I was actually inside the car going out. Anyway, so after several minutes of fumbling around and multiple people staring at me, like just, I was like, what is wrong with me? And finally, uh, I was able to turn it off. But wow, what an embarrassing moment. All right, we got several bombshells here. Maybe, maybe this is an October surprise. Are people paying attention or is this thing going to get too censored by the mainstream media by Twitter? So here are the details. These are emails that were obtained. These are Hunter Biden emails that were obtained by Rudy Giuliani. 
And the media is busy, well, how did Giuliani obtain? That's what the media is focused on, because the last thing I'm going to focus on is the actual storyline here, which is negative for, for Biden. How did Giuliani, did he obtain these emails illegally? Everything Giuliani does when he finds dirt on Biden, the media accuses him of doing it illegally. He hasn't been charged with any crimes, of course, but don't let that stop them. So the, these emails show that Joe Biden, it appears, received a big payout from a Chinese energy company in which Hunter Biden was an executive. We know Hunter Biden was an executive of these. This is a Chinese. Put in Burisma aside. So we'll get to that in a moment. But Hunter Biden, who know, who admittedly knows nothing about energy, he is put as a head of these large, giant corporations in, in, in China and Ukraine. Gee, does it have anything to do with the fact that he was Joe Biden's son? And now, but the big smoking gun is going to be if Joe Biden actually received a payout. Because what is Joe Biden doing getting a payout? He's a former vice president with an awful lot of influence because the, the emails were in 2017. And, by the way, another email, another email chain shows that Joe Biden met with one of the heads, allegedly met with one of the heads of Burisma. Remember, he denied ever meeting with anybody from Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company that paid Hunter Biden millions of dollars. So let me read you the details here. And by the way, uh, it, it appears that these emails have been verified. It's not 100% clear that these emails are legit, that they're authentic. But there, is, there, there has been one of the, uh, according to reports at least, Fox News has it has been confirmed to Fox News by one of the people on the email chain that these emails are in fact authentic. Now, how did Giuliani get them? I don't care if if they're authentic, they're authentic. We'll tell you how Giuliani says he got them in a moment. But one email is dated May of 2017 and obtained by Fox News. It shows a discussion of compensation packages uh, for six people in a business deal with a Chinese energy firm. And the email I'm quoting here from the story, the email appeared to identify Hunter Biden as the chair or vice chair. And Fox News says that the email uh, shows that Hunter Biden is getting money from this energy firm, apparently getting the money for Joe Biden. So Joe Biden's getting paid by a Chinese energy firm. This is a former vice president who, by the way, he's denied that he has any connections to Hunter Biden's connections on the Chinese energy companies or the, the Ukrainian energy companies that, that, that Hunter Biden got paid a lot of money. And this whole thing, I mean, it's so dirty and so scandalous to begin with, even if it doesn't involve Joe Biden. The fact that Joe Biden's son is, I mean, just imagine if it were Trump and Trump's kids. But here's the story. There was a, a compensation that talks about money for H and then money that's being held by H for the big guy. So who is H? It seems that H is Hunter Biden and multiple sources have told who's the big guy. There's money being held by H for the big guy from this company. Who's the big guy? Multiple sources told Fox News the big guy is a reference to Joe Biden. And as I said, somebody on the email chain confirmed to Fox News that these emails are, in fact, authentic. And then there's another there are other emails that were released by The New York Post that show that Joe Biden met with a Burisma executive, which Joe Biden has denied. Let me quote you here from the New York Post. The never before revealed meeting is mentioned in a message of appreciation that Vadim Pozarski, advisor on the board of Burisma to the board of Burisma, allegedly sent Hunter Biden April 2015. So this is when Joe Biden was still the VP, and this is a year after Hunter joined the board of Burisma, making $50,000 a month. And here's the, the letter, quote, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C., giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spending time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure. So he's actually talking to Hunter, saying that he actually met with Joe Biden, who's the VP at the time. Think about that. 
And think about the conflict of interest when uh, Biden, Joe Biden is uh, pressuring Ukraine to fire the prosecutor investigating Burisma. And then an earlier email from May of 2014 shows the same man who's apparently Burisma's number three executive asking Hunter for advice on how you could use your influence on the company's behalf. Now, what is the media busy with? Uh, They're talking about Giuliani speculating baselessly on whether Giuliani committed crimes in order to obtain these emails. That's a distraction. That is irrelevant. That is smoke and mirrors. Let's say Giuliani uh, acquired, obtained these emails illegally. If they're authentic, they're authentic. I don't care how Giuliani got them. And uh, and the, the story here is that Rudy Giuliani says that he was given these emails. He was given a computer by a, a, the owner of a pawn shop in Maryland who claims that a laptop was dropped off and was never claimed. It was never the owner never came back for the laptop. Don't know. Maybe it was a repair. I don't know. But it was it was it was dropped off at some pawn shop, according to Giuliani's version. And it had these emails on them. And somehow they were able to get retrieve these emails from this computer that was in this pawn shop. Somebody alerted Rudy Giuliani uh, about these emails. Maybe they checked it and they saw that it was related to Hunter Biden. Knew Giuliani was interested. Maybe they sold it to him. I don't know. That's what Giuliani is claiming. And the media is speculating that maybe Giuliani somehow got it from a foreign government. Maybe a foreign government hacked, I, I guess maybe hacked Hunter Biden's email account or what have you. So that would make it illegal. I really don't care. I want to know if, uh, you know, Joe Biden is embroiled as the scandals. We've had so much evidence that he is. Meanwhile, Twitter censored the story. Twitter, they literally deleted tweets that linked to this New York Post story about the Hunter Biden emails, and they were blo- they literally blocked stories, so you could not retweet this article. Apparently now you can, according to reports, but you couldn't for a couple of days. So once again, Twitter is blocking, censoring the news, censoring negative stories about Biden. And we've seen this so many times. Now, Jack Dorsey on Friday says that it was wrong and he regrets it. Well, and he apologized. Wonderful. Well, how does that help us now? You know, now that the story has already faded and now Twitter is is, is apologizing and uh, uh, saying it never should have happened. But you know how many times this has happened? So on Friday, Jack Dorsey, the CEO uh, of Twitter, said, quote, Twitter was wrong to block web links to an unverified political story. He said, quote, straight blocking of URLs was wrong. We updated our policy to fix it. Our goal is to attempt to add context. Now we have capabilities to do that. Uh, so now, they let, I mean, come on, you, you block the story for days and then you apologize as if that's supposed to to, to, to help Trump at all. And, and and it's not like this is the first time. How many times have they censored Trump? How many times have they censored Trump supporters? And yet, you know what? They never, ever censor Biden and Biden's unverified and bogus stories. There's a list that I found online of five fake stories that were not censored by Twitter, not censored by social media because they were fake stories about Trump. It's only the anti-Trump, it's only the anti-Biden stories that they censor that are unverified, never the other way around, right? So the Charlottesville hoax, where they claim that Trump said that the neo-Nazis are very fine people. Trump never said it, as we've laid out many times here. The Atlantic story about Trump insulting the Marines, totally debunked, totally false story. Social media, Twitter, they never ever censored that story or, or, or flagged it. Uh, the Trump tax return story where the New York Times obtained, if if they obtained information, they obtained it illegally, illegally leaked about Trump's tax returns. And that story is totally unverified. And Trump denies it by the New York Times. And yet uh, Twitter never censored that. The Trump-Russia collusion story, of course, and the Russia bounty, bounty story, if you remember that, 
that that story. There is zero evidence to support that story. Um, at least the New York Times claims it seems that there was intel somewhere along the line about Russian bounties on uh, U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. But again, that story never made it to President Trump, and the New York Times claimed that it did. Never debunked by social media. I will add the one, the one, uh, the claim that uh, Trump has said that the coronavirus was a hoax. Joe Biden and other. Uh, Democrats have repeatedly accused Trump of saying, oh, the coronavirus, that's a hoax. He never said it. He said that the Democrats' claims about Trump uh, regarding the coronavirus were a hoax, which is true. But the actual coronavirus, Trump never said it. But the, but again and again, the Democrats have spread false statements about Trump when it comes to claiming the coronavirus is a hoax. Meanwhile, Joe Biden said essentially that most Americans should vote for Trump. You cannot make this stuff up. Joe Biden, he was asked about the Gallup survey. We told you about the, the Gallup survey last week. 56% of the country or 56% of, of voters say that they are better off under Trump than they were four years ago. So uh, 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 Joe Biden was actually asked about this by a reporter, a local reporter in Cincinnati, uh, quoted that Gallup poll to Biden and said to Biden during an interview, quote, why should people who feel that they are better off today under a Trump administration vote for you? And Biden, this is an exact quote from Biden in response. He said, quote, well, if they think that, they probably shouldn't. So Biden, he was asked, well, why should they vote for you if they believe that they're better off under Trump? What's Biden supposed to say, by the way? But he said the truth for a change. He said, well, if they think that, they probably shouldn't. Vote for me, in other words. In other words, they should vote for Trump. So Biden essentially saying 56% of the country who says that uh, they, they're better off now than they were four years ago should not vote for him. They should vote for Trump. Now, I think a lot more people than that should vote for, for, for Trump over Biden. But uh, they're at least Biden making that concession, probably taken aback by an actual tough question from a reporter. All right, so uh, the next debate is scheduled to be coming up this week, at the end of this week, when was it? Thursday, I believe. And uh, this is, was supposed to be the third debate. It's going to be the second and final debate because, of course, they skipped one debate. The moderator, no surprise here, the moderator of this debate has deep ties to the Democrat Party. Uh, NBC News White House correspondent Kristen Walker is the moderator. Uh, she's on NBC News, so right there you already know where she's coming from. But her parents are longtime Democrats and Democrat donors. Her parents have donated tens of thousands of dollars to Democrat candidates, including Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and former President Obama. And by the way, Obama is finally going to hit the campaign trail and actually campaign for Joe Biden, apparently in Pennsylvania. I mean, Joe Biden, he has done so little to, I mean, sorry, Obama. Biden was so loyal to Obama so many years, and yet uh, Obama has done so little. He didn't even endorse Biden until until Biden had already won the nomination. Meanwhile, last week, Trump and Biden had dueling town halls. You may have heard about this because the debate was canceled. Uh, you had Joe Biden, who appeared at a town hall the night that the debate was supposed to be what was supposed to be held and was canceled, which was Thursday night. And then Trump, NBC, that was on ABC, the Biden town hall, and Trump had a a, a competing town hall at the same time uh, on NBC News. And by the way, people were annoyed at NBC News for allowing Trump. The media was furious, including NBC hosts, including Rachel Maddow. They were furious at NBC for actually hosting a Trump town hall. And of course, the reports are that Biden 
he got softball questions, as we'd expect. And, of course, Trump got tough questions. But th- that's how the mainstream media operates. I mean, it's totally egregious. But can you believe the media is upset at NBC? How could NBC have a, a town hall with the president of the United States? NBC hosting a town hall with the president of the United States. They need to, they need to allow the Biden town hall to not have any competition. And, and, and some uh, members, I believe, of NBC News actually said, how is NBC rewarding Trump? Trump is the one who backed out of the debate. You can't reward him. All right, number one, he's the president of the United States. He's a candidate for president here. Election day is coming up. I mean, how can how can you attack NBC for having a town hall? They're doing it for the ratings. They always do it for the ratings. We know that. But putting all that aside, I mean, he is the president of the United States. He's a candidate for president. How can you reward him? You know, it was outrageous. Yeah, Trump backed out of the debate, but Trump backed out of the debate because they changed the rules. They made it a virtual remote de- remote debate, even though the, the president's doctors insisted that he was not contagious anymore. So so what they were really trying to do is they were really trying to, the, it's, the, it's the debate commission uh, or whatever they're called, and, and they really were helping Biden there by changing the rules, which there was no need to do. By the way, the town halls, Joe Biden's town hall did beat Trump's down, town hall in the ratings. Biden got 14.1 million. Trump got 13 and a half million. All right. The unmasking probe. Here we go. Uh, the AG, uh, Attorney General Barr, he has let us down with the Durham probe and now with the unmasking probe. There are two different probes. The Durham probe, of course, is looking into Obamagate and FISA and Spygate and all of that. But then there was the unmasking probe. That was a different prosecutor. We, we, we have not heard anything from Durham. It's late October, so I highly doubt that we're going to have any indictments or even a report here before Election Day because then the DOJ would be accused of election interference. By the way, Twitter and social media, they're the ones who, who are guilty of election interference again and again. And, and, and Twitter censoring the story about the Hunter Biden emails, that really proves it. But um, anyway, now the unmasking probe has wrapped up. It's, it was very quiet because Barr, it seems, does not want to make too big a, a spectacle out of this because it does seem that they came up with nothing. It seems that there are not going to be any charges filed, no indictments, not even a report, I might add, about the unmasking probe and uh, about the claims that uh, the Obama administration officials, including Joe Biden, Susan Rice, and others, uh, illegally unmasked members of President Trump's campaign when he was a candidate, and, and Michael Flynn, and, and, and members of his own administration. Now, you can ask yourself, how could it be? They could unmask, and look, they have the right to unmask you know, people who, who are on phone, Americans who are on phone calls with foreign officials if they suspect, because what happens is, as, we, as we've explained many times, you have uh, the CIA and NSA, they spy on you know, foreign government officials, they spy on phone calls. So like they'll wiretap, you know, whether it's uh, Russian officials or, or or Chinese officials, you know, they will spy on them. This is common practice. And then they'll be they'll have conversations with Americans. And if they want more context, supposedly, then they'll request uh, to have the uh, because the American you're not allowed to spy on Americans, obviously. Uh, Even Democrats are not allowed to spy on Americans, so then they'll want to unmask the identity of the person on the other end of the phone call. And, of course, Joe Biden himself requested the unmasking of Michael Flynn, who was on a conversation with Sergey Kislyak, the Russian ambassador, which, by the way, James Comey himself said was totally legitimate, those conversations, because he's the incoming national security advisor. Anyway, so they were looking into whether or not uh, these unmaskings were done illegally because there were like hundreds or thousands of unmaskings that were done by Susan Rice and members of the Obama administration. 
and and some of them involved, or many of them perhaps involved, members of the Trump campaign, the Trump administration, including Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn. Anyway, so they wrapped they wrapped up the investigation. There are not going to be any charges filed. It does seem that at least the DOJ, I believe the man's name was John Nash, the prosecutor who was appointed to look into it, uh, was not able to link the Obama administration with any illegal unmasking. I mean, so once again, Obama getting away, literally spying on Trump and getting away with it. Uh, The Supreme Court has said that it will hear arguments. This is big because the Supreme Court is going to hear arguments about whether illegal immigrants, illegals, should be counted when they determine the sizes of congressional districts and when they determine the which states should be getting you know congressional districts and which states or how many Congress people will be in each state. So, I mean, how is this even a Supreme Court case? How is this even made it to the Supreme Court? How is this even a debate, a discussion? It, it, it is mind-boggling, but that's where we're at right now in socialist open borders 2020 United States that is being hijacked uh, you know by people like uh, Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez and and, and others who, who who want to count illegals and by the way they're not even doing it because of their ideology most of them Bernie Sanders he probably just wants illegals to be led into the country you know endlessly but most of these Democrats we know they're just doing it because they want more money more Democrat voters bigger Democrat districts more you know more Democrat districts in California for example and fewer in Red states that where they don't where they're not sanctuary they don't allow illegals. So anyway, the Supreme Court is going to hear arguments. Of course, they had the whole census issue, and then uh, Trump was not allowed due to a technicality. He was not allowed to ask on the census, "Are you a U.S. citizen or not?" Which that itself was disgraceful. Anyway, so uh, now the question becomes: Well, okay, if they know for a fact that there are illegals responding to the census, do they need to be included when they draw up congressional districts? It, it, it's mind-boggling that this is even making it to the courts. But the Supreme Court anyway says that they will hear arguments on November 30th. And I believe this is for this starts in 2022. I believe that 2020, because obviously this is not you know, it's happening after Election Day. But the 2020, I think they use the old census results still. But uh, the, the new districts will be drawn up starting 2022, I presume, based on the 2020 census. So the Trump administration has appealed uh, a lower ruling, and the Trump administration says you cannot count undocumented immigrants, aka illegals, uh, from the census in the census data used to calculate the apportionment of congressional districts. So, look, another reason why we need Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who presumably at that point will be on the court. An Iranian opposition group says that they have discovered and revealed a new a new nuclear site, a new facility that is being used for by Iran to advance its nuclear program. And it's a secret location that has not been that inspectors have not been allowed to access, of course, because that's how Iran does things. There are certain uh, thanks to Obama's nuclear deal. There are certain uh, locations that are off limits to inspectors, especially military sites. So there's a new there's a military, a new military site that an opposition group, an Iranian opposition group says uh, the, the Iranian evil terrorist regime is using to advance its nuclear program. This is the National Council of Resistance of Iran, who they are now based in Europe. They, they are banned from Iran, of course, so they're based in Europe. I'm amazed that Europe allows 
an anti-regime group to operate in Europe because we know the Europeans, I mean, they're just literally flunkies for Iran at this point. They literally, at this point, all they are is just propping up Iran. It's just, it's, just, it's unreal. It's, it, 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 it's, it's astonishing here how the Europeans have been, like, become the new supporters of Iran. So anyway, this new site is located east of Tehran and the National Council of Resistance uh, says that the construction began on the new facility in 2012 and around 2017, groups associated with Iran's Ministry of Defense began moving into the facility. And they even, they held this press conference and even showed satellite pictures. So is anybody going to act on this? Uh, highly unlikely. Maybe, maybe Netanyahu, maybe the Israelis will go and secretly bomb. Maybe we'll hear about some kind of like fire or explosion. That would not surprise me if in the next few days we hear about a fire or explosion or something that mysteriously takes place because we've seen that happen numerous times, but that's it. But uh, is the UN going to inspect this location? Maybe in a couple of years after they negotiate back and forth and the Iranians have a chance to clean it all up. I mean, it's it really is outrageous. And a new study in California shows more potential for election fraud thanks to universal mail-in ballots. In California, there are many, many people, I'm talking many people, who have been sent ballots uh, that were targeted toward, uh, that were addressed toward people who are either deceased or have moved away. A new study, the study is by the Election Integrity Project in California, which I believe is, is, is funded by conservatives, a conservative group. The study has found that close to 400,000 ballots have been sent to people in California who either moved away or died. 400,000 ballots. So anybody gets a hold of those ballots and wants to fake being that voter, how are they ever, and are they going to do signature matching? I don't know, but I really have zero faith in, in the people counting these ballots. Now, look, in California, that obviously does not affect you know, President Trump, because he's not winning California anyway, but it's going to affect many, many local Republicans, con congressmen, and others. You know, there's a lot of elections that happen on Election Day. Not, it's not just all about the president, not to mention the fact that if it happens in California, then you can be sure. I mean, I, I've heard this story anecdotally from many, from many listeners, from other people, and you can be sure it's happening all around the, the country, including in swing states. You know, I was actually speaking to somebody that I know, uh, and his son is, is is a loyal listener to the show, and uh, I was talking to him. He was he was literally as we were talking, he was like mailing in his his mail in ballots. He was voting, and he said to me, he said he said, "Hey, my son said, why are you even bothering to put these ballots into the mailbox?" Yaakov M says that there's no way that the mailman is going to ever deliver them. If it says Trump on it, then that's it. These ballots are going to end up in the garbage. All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.